Welcome to the Presentation Boss Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Kate Norris. And I'm Thomas Craft. Whether you're pitching your business, speaking at a work meeting, or on the stage, we're here to help you present with clarity and confidence. Welcome to this week's episode number 19 of the Presentation Boss Podcast, and we're doing a speech breakdown. So last week was the final of the World Championship of Public Speaking, which is a worldwide public speaking contest that's held by Toastmasters International. And they have the final of this particular contest of about 33,000 entrants. They end up with six on the final stage. And that's broadcast live from Denver, Colorado. And we watched it. The issue with it being Denver and the other side of the world from us is that we had to be up for a 5am start. So it was rather an early morning. (laughs) (laughs) But good fun to see six of the best speakers in this contest from all over the world. So the speech that we're going to break down today is the winner of that, Aaron Beverly, and his speech title was An Unbelievable Story. So before we play this speech, uh, which goes for just about seven minutes... It's worth understanding that we are looking at a speaking contest. So any contest is going to have a bunch of rules and it's going to have a bunch of criteria that judges are looking for. What we're going to listen to here is a contest speech. Now, what does that mean? It means we're going to listen to a speaker who's working very hard to ensure that they meet every one of the criteria on the judging form so that they come out at the top of the contest for the year. And of course, Aaron Beverly did win, so it's safe to assume that he got good marks in every single criteria that the contest is looking for. I think it's important to view any speech within the context of what it's actually trying to achieve, which in this case is a contest and criteria. So it is just a little bit different to a lot of the styles that we have looked at before. Yeah. So let's listen to the 2019 World Champion of Public Speaking. Aaron Beverly, an unbelievable story. An unbelievable story, Aaron Beverly. The contest chair was relieved. My title is only three words long. (laughs) But friends, why is this story unbelievable? (laughs) It's a good thing that we said that you need to listen to a speech in context. Aaron Beverly made it to the final the year but last two years, ago, two years ago, yeah. And he made a little bit of a statement where he had this speech title that made quite a statement. It was fifty something words long, and he got a little bit known for it. So he's made it back to the final. Uh, he's on a similar stage in front of the same organization. You have a very similar audience. And so making that call out to what happened a few years ago that he's known for, just a humor point. It's an absolutely an inside joke though. Yeah, I actually dislike it because oh, yeah. there are it is an inside joke and there's a lot of people who won't get it. There's a lot of people who are now trying to think of his last speech and try and remember that title and they're taken away immediately from what's going on today and watching this speech. Personal preference, I really dislike it. And if you're watching this speech as a standalone thing, then that's going to make no sense at all. Mm. And just another whinge before we go further. Oh gosh, we're like three seconds into the speech. <laughs> <laughs> His speech title is an unbelievable story and he's come out and his first kind of sentence of his actual speech is now, why is this story unbelievable? Look, I'm not in the world championship here, but to me, it just feels a little bit amateur. 
it's almost telling the audience how they're going to react to the story. And stories don't need a preface. You can just start telling the story and let the audience listen in and decide if it's an unlikely story or an unbelievable story or a touching story or what have you. Mm. It actually reminds me of our last speech breakdown. We had Phil M. Jones. Mm. One of the questions he asked was designed for the audience to say, well, I'll be the judge of that. And I think that's the reaction that I just had then of he says, this is an unbelievable story. And my reaction was, well, I'll be the judge of that. Don't you tell me it's unbelievable because the same thing might have happened to me. I don't know. It's just... I think maybe we can agree that just those first two sentences that we've heard about the length of the speech title and then saying that this is going to be an unbelievable story and calling back to that speech title is maybe just not necessary, even, yeah. even in the confines of this contest. Let's... How about we let him do the rest of the speech now? <laughs> Why is this story unbelievable? June 2018, I fly to India to attend the wedding of my friend Brandon and his fiancée, Devika. Brandon and family are white, Devika and family are Indian, and I am the only black man there. I can't help but feel different. But I try my best to blend in. I buy formal Indian wedding attire, what do you think? I even participate in a sacred Indian wedding ritual, protecting the groom's shoes. <laughs> During the car ride to the wedding, my friend Sunit explains this ritual. When Brandon takes off his shoes during the ceremony, Devika's bridesmaids will try to steal them. The groomsmen protect the shoes from the bridesmaids. If they win, they hold the shoes ransom, forcing Brandon to buy them back. It's a game, Sunit says. I think it sounds like a spy movie. <laughs> Sunit says, Aaron, the bridesmaids will try sweet talk, they will try deception, but don't give the shoes to anybody. Will you accept this mission? Quick fact about me. When I am given a mission, I take it very seriously. I look at Sunit and I say, I accept the mission. At the wedding ceremony, Brandon takes off his shoes. I swoop in, grab the shoes, sit down in the front row. Smooth, stealthy. I feel like a black James Bond. <laughs> the leader of the bridesmaids walks over. She smiles at me. But gentlemen, have you ever seen a girlfriend or wife smile, yet at the same time, you just felt scared? <laughs> I call her the ominous smiler. I think it's just worth it pointing out here. One of the criteria for the speech is about language use. And when you're trying to fulfill a criteria, you do a thing that is called signposting, which is making it quite clear that you are fulfilling a criteria. Mm -hmm. One of the criteria is language. And to me, this feels a little bit like he is specifically filling the language criteria. The ominous smile. I know what you mean, yep. I mean, it's beautiful use of language. It just feels a little bit... Is the word inauthentic? Like, if he was telling this story in the pub, he may have not given her the name The Ominous Smiler. He may have given her maybe a simpler name. Probably something like The Smiling Assassin, which is a bit cliche. <laughs> yeah. And you kind of want to avoid cliches. Yeah, it is worth noting sort of two minutes into this presentation. I'm interested. I'm interested in this presentation. He is an engaging speaker with the way that he speaks very confidently. It's clear that he's got mm. a very refined presentation, but he's got a story here. And I'm, I'm interested in what he has to say. 
Mm. What he's done really well to me is put us in the story. He's given us a really nice scene to immerse mm. ourselves into. With not many words, he's set some beautiful imagery. He's giving us a place and a time where this story is happening. Mm. Which is a really powerful storytelling tool, is to immediately get your audience somewhere and some when. Yeah, you, you tell you think of it like a movie, which is movies are told and shown in scenes. Mm. So you, you're trying to build a scene in the mind of the audience. So it needs to have that setting, time and place. Mm. And he's done that beautifully. The ominous smiler. She says, Aaron, you look very handsome today. I say, thank you. Could you pass me Brandon's shoes? No. Sunit said the bridesmaids will try sweet talk. Don't give the shoes to anybody. But Aaron, she says, that's against Indian tradition. When I hear that, the global ambassador within me gets nervous. I don't want to cause an international incident over a pair of shoes. I can see the headlines. Idiot ruins wedding and India-US relations. I almost hand over the shoes, but remember Sunit, they will try deception. Don't give the shoes to anybody. I say no again. Then the ominous smiler, she moves closer. She says, and I quote, we can do this the easy way, or we can do this the hard way, but you will give us the shoes. I am now scared for my life at this wedding. So I talked earlier about filling a criteria. Another criteria that he's filling very well is vocal variety. But this time yeah. he is doing it beautifully and it feels really authentic. It feels like he is just telling us a story. He's got the different characters in play. He's got different pacing, different tone, different pitch. It's done really well. And he's got that really powerful line that don't give the shoes to anybody. Yeah, really he, punchy. Yeah, and I've noticed, I think that's maybe the third time he's said it. Nice repetition that's carrying throughout this story. Mm. I am now scared for my life at this wedding. However, I must protect the shoes because when I have a mission, I take it very seriously. So I curl over in my seat. I press the shoes against my chest. And this is how I watch the wedding for the next 30 minutes. <laughs> the ominous smiler tries to steal the shoes, but I hold firm. Then she disappears for 20 minutes before taking a seat to my right. She says, Aaron, I don't care about the shoes anymore. You win. I say, do I look like a fool to you? Oh, a good example of physical comedy right here. So what he's done is kind of, he's doubled over with his arms crossed against his chest, acting out, holding the shoes, and looked out from the side and said, do I look like a fool to you? I love the double meaning there. It's not often that you see somebody presenting on stage and all you can see is the top of their bald head as they're staring at the floor. <laughs> <laughs> but it works so, so nicely. Because he's in a very awkward position saying, do I look like a fool to you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do I look like a fool to you? <laughs> but she doesn't move. I think I won. Sunit runs over. He's ecstatic. He says, Aaron, I'm proud of you. I say, thank you. You took this mission very seriously. I say, that's right. Now, give the shoes to me. No. <laughs> Sunit said, don't give the shoes to anybody. 
The ominous smiler disappeared to recruit backup, and I know a traitor when I see one. <laughs> so just there, you said just earlier about the repetition, yeah. and now he's just asked the audience. He said, Sunit said, do not give the shoes to. He opened his arms to the audience, and so many people said, anybody. Which shows that the audience is so into this. People are hanging on to his every word. His body language is big. He's drawing people in. This is very effective. I'm loving this story. He's also high energy. He's yeah. got He's got the... You can hear the movement in his voice. You can hear the power in his voice. The way he's moving around stage. It's contagious. Like, I feel high energy watching him. I love it. And it feels nearly authentic. It feels like he believes the story and that he's interested mm. in the story and that he wants us to hear the story. Like I said, he's got my attention. Totally. It kind of took a little bit to get in, but then his body, his his facial expressions are really distinct and excellent, and I'm so hooked. I think this is just a perfect example of what engagement is. It is wanting to listen. It is wanting to know what comes <laughs> yeah. next. It is feeling something. Yeah, I, I want to press play and see where we're going with mm. this speech. And I know a traitor when I see one. Then the ominous smiler pounces. She starts pulling my arms. Sunit joins her. Two versus one. They pull, I pull, but I hold firm. The other bridesmaids run over. Five versus one. They pull, I pull, but I hold firm. The other groomsmen run over. I think, yes, the cavalry has arrived, but they joined the bridesmaids. <laughs> Eight versus one. They pull, I pull, but I hold firm because when I have a mission, I take it very seriously. They said, Aaron, just give us the shoes. I said, never! <laughs> Keep in mind, the wedding is still going on. <laughs> the story has all been building in energy, building towards this climax, and we just saw a bit more of that repetition um, coming back in about he takes his mission very seriously. There was the they pull, I pull, all on top. I hold firm. Yeah, all on top of the not give the shoes to anybody. So we're hearing some of these key phrases that hold the story together um, a couple of times each. The wedding is still going on. <laughs> Devika's family is watching the ceremony as if nothing else is happening. I start wondering, is this normal? Then the ominous smiler signals the wedding photographer. And this dude is huge. He puts down his camera. Then he starts charging. He jumps on top of me. Nine versus one. They pull, I pull, but I... I lost the shoes. <laughs> Brandon paid ten times what those shoes were worth. But what makes this story unbelievable is not the shoes nor the events. It is the context behind that game. That game is designed for the families of the bride and groom to get to know each other, which means that among white and Indian families, a different, lonely black man was accepted like family too. We experience so much divisiveness nowadays that Acceptance, despite difference, seems unbelievable. But there are people who still believe in it. Do you? Open your culture, your mind, 
your heart to people who are different from you. Show the world that acceptance, despite difference, is not an unbelievable story. This is your mission. Take it very seriously. Contest chair. All right, what I thought was an enjoyable contest speech. Mm. Something that he did that is not conventional that I saw here. Um, this is a seven-minute speaking slot. Uh, it's quite precisely timed. He spent probably six minutes of that just yeah. telling a story which built buy-in from the audience. It built enthusiasm. It built towards that climax. Likeability. Um, all of that. And we talk about the mix of how much pathos, how much appeal to emotion you should have in a presentation. And he was off the charts with it. It was just all story. It was all about appealing to emotion and getting the audience interested before he came right in the end there to pull the message out of that story. It set us up oh. to listen to him. He'd set up all of the scenes, he'd set up the stakes, and then he just had to pull that message out right at the end. And, you know, we talked about how an unbelievable story didn't seem to be a great title, but he mentions it briefly there at the end where he says that... Um, this is not an unbelievable story. Yeah, the acceptance, despite difference, um, should not be unbelievable. Really powerful message. How do you know if a speech is good? And I think one of the big indicators is the audience reaction. And at the end, as he left, that was a very hearty applause. You could tell the audience were grateful and thankful that they got to hear that presentation. It mm. was quite an enthusiastic applause as he finished his presentation. So as per standard, what is the message that we pulled out? So the message I got was the acceptance despite difference. Yep. And telling that story, which I think was believable, even if um, just a little bit ridiculous. And so he was well-placed to tell that story. It carried the message well. He told it well. Uh, but that message of acceptance despite difference, was that a similar message to what you got, Kate? Yeah, exactly the same. Like you said, was it an unbelievable story? No. Well, I think that was the point. And then the other question, what did we see? And we did kind of talk about this yeah. throughout. His body language was... You could see it was quite planned, I believe, to carry each of those points. And um, some of those movements were repetitive, but also very fluent and very authentic, I felt. Yeah. I mean, he had a lot of characters in there that he mm. took on their persona, both physically and vocally. And it yeah. worked really well. Yeah, but not too many characters. I didn't get too lost in uh, who was doing what. So that was Aaron Beverly, the 2019 World Championship of Public Speaking. Uh, I think the right person won this contest, having seen uh, what happened on the day. Obviously, the judges picked him, and like we said, the audience really liked him as well. So um, great to hear this presentation, which, like I said, is a little bit less conventional because it was so heavy in the storytelling and the pathos. And having said all that, it is a contest. It is a speech contest. There are criteria around it. So this isn't a you know commercial-type presentation. This is not meant to be a keynote. It's not meant to be a main stage performance. But it is a brilliant example of the style of speaking that will win a public speaking contest. And we'll definitely put the link to this in the show notes because if you enjoyed that speech and want to listen to it again, it is actually worth watching it because I really enjoyed his body language and the whole performance of it. Yeah, it kind of is the, the whole package. And with that, thank you very much for listening to this week's episode and another speech breakdown. Thanks for listening to today's show. We'd love for you to leave us a review on iTunes. If you'd like to know more, check out presentationboss.com.au slash podcast, where you'll find the show notes for today with links to everything we've discussed. 
If you have a speech you'd like us to listen to and break down on the show, flick us the link at podcast at presentationboss.com.au. We're always happy to hear your thoughts or take suggestions for future episodes. Most importantly, we rely on you to share the information of this podcast. If you found value in today's episode, please recommend us to a friend. Have a great week.